All right. You guys ready for God's word? I'm ready for God's word. Um, I have a, a really great opportunity to kind of put a bow on the Identified series for us. How many have enjoyed that series? How many are thankful for a church and a pastor that aren't afraid to speak truth into the issues of life and culture around us? I am. I am. And so that's what uh, I get the fun opportunity of doing today is, is kind of helping put, put this series on the tarmac. Um, nice and smooth-like. That's my goal for you today. And so let's just dive right in. The key verse I'm going to be taking to, to lead off today is from John chapter 1, verse 12, which says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The title I gave to our time today was, Who Do You Think You Are? Did that get any of you? Uh, yeah, I know you guys aren't used to me raising my voice, but if I do, um, it usually shocks folks, and so just go with me today. We're going to cover, we're going to bring this series into uh, the bay with this message entitled, Who Do You Think You Are? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray to speak to our hearts, change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who do you think you are? So if I asked that question of you guys today, and we were able to just have a conversation, what are the types of answers that you think that I might get? My, my guess would be, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach, I'm a student, I'm a professional, I'm a businessman, I'm a pastor. Those are all things that we are known by, but they are not our identity. That's what we're talking about today. And so the three points I'm going to cover today, the first one, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a heads up as we lead into it, because it's a little bit foundational, and it's taking a lot of the concepts and the content of what pastor's been preaching through this series and putting it in a very solid, practical form so we can take it from this series and do something with it after today, okay? Because how many know it doesn't do any good if we hear the word if we don't do something with it, amen? So we're going to be doers and not just hearers, right? Have I got anybody on my team today with that? You guys? Okay. All right, y'all let me know you're there. Like I'm, I squint in these lights sometimes, and so I just have to make sure. I need to hear your voices. So point number one, just really simply, what is our identity? Or what is identity? And I think what I need you, this is one of the, the foundational things I want you to come away with today is understanding what that is. What it is not is any of those things I just listed a second ago. Those are things we do. Those are things, jobs that we have. Those are uh, parts of our lives in different ways. It can be, you know, even as, as a mom or a dad, those are all uh, positions that, that we are given or that we have at different stages of our life. But those things are not our identity. Amen? Our identity, really simply, is just his kid. Mic drop. So as I kind of kick off this message, uh, I want to introduce you guys to somebody. I brought a special guest. So is it okay if I, I bring him out now? All right, guys, uh, put him up on the screen for me. All right, 
if you're not aware, this is the younger me. And uh, in the first service, what cracked me up is I had to tell people that, and they were like, <gasps> um, so this is, this is young Mark. My daughter's laughing hysterically at me right now. Um, but let me tell you about this guy a little bit. Let me tell you about this guy. He was really shy, really introverted, obviously had a flair for style. Um, <laughs> the cardigan, just on point. Um, but let me tell you a little of his story. So, so this kid was, was the shyest of the shy. He was an introvert. He carried himself kind of with his head down. Um, he didn't know anything about really who he was. And here's what happens. This is what happened to this guy. This is what has happened to all of you in one season of your life or another. But generally speaking, and I'm kind of talking to you guys too, so you're, you're a captive audience here. This is something I need you to hear me on today, students. What tends to happen in a lot of us is that we're, we're relatively unaffected by life and issues and those kinds of things as kids, right? Because we're just kind of content being mom and dad's kids. And we don't know if we don't have anything. Because like for Marty and I, we grew up in a blue-collar family. We didn't, we didn't have a lot. We didn't know we didn't. We didn't care, right? Because our value was determined by our parents and our, their acceptance of us. But here's what happens in all of our lives. We start moving through these stages of life, especially as we get into like middle school, high school, where all of a sudden we're made keenly aware of what, we st what stands out, good or bad. And we start attaching identity to those things, good or bad. For me, and put, put our boy back up there for me, because I'm not done with him. For this kid, he was not overly athletic. He was pudgy. He was not popular. Um, he was a band nerd. Um, he, was, he had no real self-confidence in himself especially as he went through this season of his life, because what he was doing was looking around at everybody else and comparing. And I had a really hard time finding myself because I was looking for it in all the wrong places. But I did what so many of us do. I, I'd, I'd say all of us do. We start looking at what sticks out, stands out, how people identify us, what we want to be, and we start attaching our identity to all these things that have nothing to do with our identity. And so there's three key terms I need you to grasp with me as we jump into this message today. The first is we got to understand what our identity is. Our identity, like I said, is simple. I'm God's kid. That kid didn't understand that completely. He grew up in a pastor's home. But what happened when he got into this season of his life is all of a sudden he got fixed off, got his fixed changed off of God and onto all of this other that was going on. And he, it, when you get your identity from things other than God, it gets messy fast. Can I get an amen? Anybody else live that life, live that journey? So I need you to hear from me that our identity can only come from one place. It can only come from him. If it comes from anywhere else, chaos. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says, this is Paul talking, he says, he pre, this is God predestined us for adoption to sonship 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It's God's pleasure to adopt us. Why? Because he just wants a family. He wants kids. And we, got it. we relate to him through that, that lens. We are his son. We are his daughter. We are predestined. What does that mean? Before we were, he already decided he wanted us. Amen? You got to get that like deeply rooted in your heart. Because what, what identity isn't are skills or abilities or things that we're good at or you know, financial success or a position or any of those things. It can't be. Because what happens if those things leave? Then where are you? Right? So true identity is found only in Christ. And it's directly relinked to our relationship with him. So simply put, our identity is his child, where we are fully loved, fully accepted, fully complete, and we are enough. Simple, right? Let that, like, tattoo on your heart this morning, if you will. We are fully loved, fully accepted, 100% complete, and we are enough. That is our identity. The second thing is our purpose. So I'm talking about, in this series Identified, we've been talking about our identity, our purpose and callings, and our giftings. And I want to really kind of set the tone for the last couple of things I'm going to share with you that kind of hinge on this. So we got to understand what it is. Identity, God's kid. Purpose, this is what I'm called to do here. It's what I'm supposed to do here. And there are two categories of purpose. There's general purpose and there's individual purpose. And just really briefly, the general purpose are things that you probably heard in church most of your life, right? But just to kind of help you connect to it, these are the the key, and these are all of them. Obviously, this is just a a starter pack, if you will. Uh, But these these are general purposes for all of us as God's kids. This is um, to glorify, to bring, to bring glory and honor to God with our life and to have relationship with him, again, as his kid. That is one of our general purposes. To procreate. It's in the Bible. I'll show you in just a second. It's a general purpose. To work, to have dominion over the earth, to fulfill the Great Commission. These are all general purposes that we have in our lives. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Let me pause real quick here because we've been speaking some truth in this series, and this is just another place to underline it. Why does it have to be this way? Because this is where our identity and our purpose come from. If we get this wrong, nothing works. Why is it that he said as part of our general purpose, he, de- he designated male and female go and populate the, the earth? Because man-man relationships don't do that. Woman-woman relationships don't do that. And it's inarguable. It's, and, and, and again, guys, here at this church, we're not condemning anyone, but we are not going to back up from the truth of God's word. Be- Amen. Because the plan for our life, the blueprint for our life is here. This is what he set up. And when we get it wrong, stuff breaks. 
When we get it wrong, we nosedive. When we get it wrong, we get off course. We get off track. Amen, students? So we have these general purposes in our life. Then we have individual purposes. And so all of those are for all of us, but we all actually have individual ones too. And, here, and here's a little hint. It's not just one. God just doesn't give us one purpose to fulfill on this planet. He gives us many. It's up to us and his good pleasure to, to help us discover those in the course of our life. Amen? So what are some examples? Moses was purposed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Jesus was purposed to come down here to give his life for us so that we could spend eternity with him. That was a part of his individual purpose. More generally, you could be a worship leader and part of your purpose is leading others into God's presence. You could be a prayer warrior and part of your purpose is interceding for others, for churches, for missionaries. You could be a business owner or business leader to, and your purpose would be to represent God and his kingdom in the marketplace or to help resource the kingdom. Those are all examples of individual purposes that not all of us get, but that God graciously gives all of us. Amen? So commonly, you, we hear, when you're talking about the, the subject gifts, and I don't have time to give you the exhaustive list, so I'm just, again, kind of giving you some foundation. You hear sometimes, everybody, anybody ever heard of the five-fold ministry gifts? Most of us that kind of grew up around church. Those are also known as kind of the gifts of Jesus. We see those in Ephesians 4.11 where it says he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. Those are, those are all gifts that Jesus operated in. That's kind of why we call them that. But those are things that, again, he predestines for us, that he sets into our DNA before we ever arrive on planet Earth. Those are, and they're grace gifts. Also, uh, we see, you know, so many examples, and, and I, could, I don't have time today because, trust me, I trimmed a whole lot of scripture out of this message because I kept, you know, it's kind of like those movies, you know, so like you ever, you ever seen a movie and then seen the deleted scenes go, man, I wish that had been in there. You know, you can't sit through a five-hour movie. So um, trust me when I tell you there's a lot of scripture to back this up, but God's giftings are, are, are really critical uh, to, to, to back up his purpose and to kind of connect us to uh, his, his desire for us, his plans for us. And so um, in 1 Corinthians 4.1, Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And what he's saying there is he wants us to eagerly desire them because he has them for us and they're free. He wouldn't tell us to desire them if, they, if we had to pay for them or earn them, right? These are all gifts and callings that are resident in us, that he gives us freely. So think of it this way. The way I'm kind of breaking this down for you, we have our identity, God's kid. We have our purposes, general and individual, where we are. this is what we are called to do here. This is what we are on planet Earth for. And then we have gifts, grace gifts. Why are they called grace gifts? Because you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. But before the foundations of the earth, he has predestined you with them. He pre-gifted you. He pre-gifted you with everything that you're going to need in this life. And if we can get these three pieces in the right order, we have victory. We have success in God's eyes, not man's eyes. Amen? So I need you to, I need you to really just 
grab that with both fists this morning. Identity, I'm God's son or daughter. Purpose, what he's called me to do here. Giftings, this is what he's given me to get it done. You guys see that? All right, so to kind of connect that dot in a more practical way, I want you to think of this kid. You can throw him back up there. I know you guys can't get enough of adolescent Mark. But, uh, but I, want to, I want you to, this to stick with you because this guy disqualified himself. He, he grew up around a lot of pastors and people, you know, grandfathers, dads, eventually brother, uncles, cousins that were preachers and that, you know, were, were in all of these dynamic giftings. And I looked at all of them and said, yeah, not me. And what I didn't know is that kid right there had a pastor in him. I didn't know it. I didn't know it, but it was in there. But I, all I had to do was be willing to hear him on it. Amen. Anybody ever, ever had trouble hearing God about your purpose and your calling? That's what we're going to do together today. And just a quick word of caution. Luke 7.30 kind of gives us a picture of this. It says, the Pharisees and the experts of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. We can choose to reject God's purpose. But here's the good news. One of my favorite verses, I preached a message on it one time, Romans 11.29. You can reject your purpose, but you do not have the power to cancel it. The giftings of God. Where is my scripture? I got all caught up in the moment. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That means he will never take them back. Every gift that he had for you to, to operate in, every purpose he had for you to walk out, he put in you before you were born. You don't have the power to disqualify yourself. So today, one of the things I need you to hear from me is that there's nothing that you could have already done or will do that will remove those gifts or those purposes from your life. Amen? All right, point number two. This is where it gets fun. You guys ready for fun? Everybody like have fun in church? I do. I wouldn't come if it wasn't fun, just to be honest with you. I went to that church one time. Um, anybody else? <laughs> Woo, deliver me, Jesus. Okay, point two. The enemy attacks what he is scared of. You need to understand this also among the other things I needed you to understand today. Understand that the enemy is not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He doesn't have... We we get this picture sometimes of the good versus evil and God and the devil are in this epic struggle. Okay, quick visual picture. Tremendous, powerful, all-knowing God. Itty-bitty devil. Okay. Itty-bitty. Itty bitty. All right. But he attacks what he's scared of. He lives in reaction to us. When we start getting close to destiny or we start getting close to purpose, where is he going to go? If I can just get him to turn back. If I can just get him to turn around and give up. He spends all of his energy reacting because he is scared of you. He's scared of every one of you in this room. 
But all the enemies, the only plan he's got, the only tool in his bag is accusing us and trying to sow doubt, trying to sow insecurity. If I can just convince them to turn back, I can keep them from happening. Guess what? The jig is up today because all you guys are going to leave here walking in a greater understanding of your identity, your purpose, and calling than you ever have in your life because he, the enemy of your soul is scared of you. Pastor Bill Johnson said it this way one time, you can tell what the enemy fears about you and your life by what he attacks. He lives in reaction to what he fears that you're discovering. So know this today. The enemy fears you. He is threatened by you. That is God's truth. Amen? You can clap. <laughs> he was winding up. I was going to let him go. All right. So, so look at this with me. I'm going to do my best Pastor Eric impersonation. Check this, check this, check this. He's my friend, so I can do that. I think the most common attack the enemy, the common strategy he uses is to ask questions. Right? He, he likes to ask questions. Why? Because his questions are designed to lead us into deception and unbelief. If the enemy's asking a question, the product is going to be deception and unbelief. Conversely, God asks questions too. When he asks questions, though, he's always leading us to an understanding and greater faith. As you've heard pastors say before, God doesn't ask questions for information, right? He asks questions to lead us into greater faith and understanding. He asked the question of Adam and Eve when he came to the garden after they fell, where are you? Was it because he didn't know where they were? No, it's because they didn't know where they were. And he was calling them back. So the first question we see in Genesis is what? Did God really say? Did he really say? Because if the, he uses distortion and confusion. Did he really say that? Well, I was sure, well... I, yeah, not well, now that you say that, got me thinking. How many know that's dangerous? Because our minds are in a process of being sanctified and renewed, and that's not always good stuff that they think. Amen. I want you to look at this. We have a culture right now listening to the wrong questions. Well, are you really a boy? Are you, are, you, are you sure you're a girl? Are you sure God called you to be a pastor, a teacher? Are you sure God called you to be a, a godly politician? Are you sure? 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 And about 15 are you sure is later, and we are way over there, so far away from God's plan for our life. And it just took a question. Are you sure? Did he say? Is that who you are? Uh, right? Anybody live that journey besides me? Okay? All of us. Because we've all had the moments in our life where we, the questions, we answered the wrong questions. And we got off mission. But listen to this. Watch this. Matthew 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 17. This is in the picture of, this is Jesus' story. 
A voice from heaven said, Matthew 3, 17, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. This is the father talking about Jesus after he gets baptized. Baptism water is coming off his face. This is my son. What happens one chapter later in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 and 2? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Quick programming note here. Did that just say, did my Bible just say that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted? Is that what your Bible says? Some of you need to hear what I'm about to say. Are you ready? Like, are you really ready? Because some of you, I'm not sure. Like, okay. Listen, listen, listen. When the Holy Spirit leads us into conflict, it's not to punish us or to hurt us. It's to punish the devil. Some of you don't believe what I'm saying. You don't believe it. That's okay. I'll wait for you. Because when God leads us, when the Holy Spirit leads us into struggles and leads us into wilderness seasons, like Jesus here in this text, Jesus was our prototype, right? He was our forerunner. If it applies to him, it applies to us. He led him into the wilderness to put it to the devil. When he does that, guys, he doesn't put you out there by yourself. He equips you with every gift that you need to win. Amen? Some of you really need to let that sink into your soul. Like, let it sink in. Because God's only looking out for our best. He doesn't put you in places and desert you. And some of you have felt that way, but it's because you've been disconnected from your identity and you've allowed the questions to pull you off into the dark side of the wilderness. Anybody ever been to the dark side of the wilderness? I've been there. So do you think, because you see in this text, in this passage, in one moment we have Jesus coming out of the baptismal waters and God saying, this is my son. In the next chapter over, what is the question in verse 3 of chapter 4 that Satan asks? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. So my question to you, if the enemy will go after Jesus' identity, do you think he'll go after ours? Absolutely. This is the son of God. You know, Satan's walking up to him. Literally, baptism water still drying on his face. God just said, this is my son. Well, if you are the son of God, and that's where he, he wants to work in all of our lives, if he can just get us to doubt. And, and here's the truth of this situation, this passage. There wasn't going to be a moment where Jesus didn't think he wasn't the son of God. Can we be honest about that? Right? But here's what... Here's what enemy knew. If I can just get him to react out of insecurity, if I can just get him to react out of pride, I can disqualify him. Because if Jesus had turned that stone into bread, it would have nullified his ability to carry out the mission that God had sent him for on this earth for all of us. Amen? Don't give in. Don't give in to that temptation to prove yourself. And we all have that kind of in our flesh kind of wired in, but the enemy will help highlight it at key moments in our lives. Well, 
if you are a Christian, if you are this, if you are that, then it's good stuff. It's really good preaching. I don't even mind saying it. Um, so I shared this in the first service. I want to share it with you. And, and Kate was in the first service. So a lot of you know Kate Jones and her story. If you don't, Kate's our worship uh, music coordinator. She and I were talking in my office this week about this message, and she shared a couple of things that I feel like perfectly illustrate this point. She shared with me that in her, and, and if you're not aware, Kate was in a battle for her life and her baby's life about a year ago. And after the enemy lost that battle, <laughs> he, lost, he, he went after her voice. Part of Kate's purpose, we're talking about identity, purpose, giftings. Part of Kate's purpose on this planet is leading others into the presence of God. So this is a very direct correlation of how the enemy can go after our identity, our purpose, calling, and giftings. He went after Kate to first try to take her life, and he lost that. Why? Because the enemy doesn't have that kind of power. And I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I don't understand why some things happen the way they do and why Kate got a miracle and, and other people didn't. My friend Randy didn't get that same miracle. I don't get it. But here's what I know. I trust him. And in Kate's story, what we have seen God do in her life over this last year is, is, is take her from grace to grace and glory to glory. And in, in the moment where we got beyond her life being threatened, her voice was threatened because half her vocal, vocal cords are paralyzed. They're atrophied. She can't, they don't even work. How can she lead worship? I don't know. Must be her purpose, right? But she shared with me in the life of her story, she had moments where when she was a kid, she had spiritual mentors and figures manipulate her. She had rejection in college. She was rejected from being on the worship team. Can you imagine? Who are these people? <laughs> At every one of those moments in her life, she had the choice to give up. She had the choice to quit. And some of you under the sound of my voice this morning need to hear that and develop that kind of supernatural tenacity that can only come from the Holy Spirit to say, you know what? I ain't quitting. Because if he's attacking it, that's part of who I am. And I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back and I'm not stopping. Do like Kate. Sing when you can't sing. Because there were moments we weren't sure she's going to be able to talk, much less sing. And now you see her up here singing and worshiping her heart out. And it blows my mind every time. Because half her voice don't even work. So use what you got. Amen. <laughs> so one practical thing before I move to the, the last point here. This is, we're, we're, we're talking about our identity. We're talking about identifying purpose, calling, gifting. If you're having trouble identifying some of those things, here's what I would offer you. Take a look at what positive attributes or natural tendencies come out of you under adversity. We all have bad stuff that comes out in adversity, okay? So I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Anybody else besides me when stuff happens? Sometimes you're not always proud of what comes out. Okay, I'm not talking about that part. I am talking about there are some natural things in you, heart for people, love for people, reaching out, 
I mean, it can be a number of things, but what comes out of you when the temperature gets turned up? That can be an indication of a purpose or a gifting that's resident inside of you. And what do others see in you? Because how many know it's really hard sometimes to see the gifts in ourselves? But a lot of times the people around us, that's why the body of Christ is so necessary. That's why we need each other so desperately. Because we can see in others what we can't see in ourselves. So today, here's what I want you to get, see in that area, that the area of your life that is under the greatest attack is what the enemy fears us figuring out the most. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Last point. And I didn't have a cutesy point title for this one, so it just is what it is. Um, but it expresses what I felt in writing this, this point. You are all so much more than you could ever imagine. Do you understand that in this room is all the power and all the giftings necessary to see the greatest revival that this world has ever seen? You got to see it first. Let us help you. Let us see it and call it out if you can't see it for yourself. But what is in you is so much more than you could ever imagine. I can't stress that enough. No matter what you've been through, no matter how much you've tried to disqualify yourself or you feel like you've gone too far, there isn't such a thing with God. Because you've got to remember where it starts, where his kids. Can you imagine one of your kids doing anything that would cause you to stop loving them? Not a chance. Not a chance. So put, uh, put poor adolescent Mark back up on the screen for me. <laughs> this guy. I know you're jealous. When I showed my wife that picture this week, she was like, wow. She had never seen that picture before. <laughs> now, my mama told me before the service, she said, no, you, were my, you were my handsome boy. I was like, I know you thought that, mama, but... Uh, <laughs> anecdotal note here. So like growing up, Elaine and I were both in the same church circles. I think you've, a lot of you have heard that before. We grew up in the same denomination, went to the same youth rallies. And I told her, this is why you never saw me. <laughs> uh, what the, the beautiful thing about being a pastor is you get to share all your stuff with people. Like it's just, you know, God goes, hey, use that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God's got a sense of humor, y'all. I'm just saying. So back to this, this guy. If, I, if you told this kind of chubby, nerdy, insecure band nerd that one day he'd be a pastor, he'd laugh at you. And let me say this, too, because this is, this is a burden of mine. Can I just tell you, I've been around enough pastors and leader, spiritual leaders that like to put themselves on some kind of a higher plane than everybody else. Can I just tell you that my station doesn't matter any more or less to God than yours? I just happen to have a microphone today. So being a pastor isn't some, ooh, I got a special deal with God kind of thing. Your gift, your calling, your identity, your anointing is exactly as powerful as mine, period. Amen? It's true. And I, I, when I hear 
leaders and pastors get that wrong, I just want to throw punch them. But, you know, I don't because it's not Christ-like. It's not part of my identity. Um, here's what I want to tell you about, about this guy and then why this is important with this topic of our identity. Because music at this stage in my life was one of the only things that I really had going for me, in my mind, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Anybody ever been there? Like, you just r- grasp onto the thing. I let that orient my life for a very, very long time because it was a part of my value as I saw it. So let me tell you how that played out in one, one season of my life, which wasn't all that long ago, to be honest. When we started this church, I was in that drum cage, or before there was a drum cage, I was behind a kit like that for... for forever. Every service, I was the man. Why? Because I had to be the man initially because I was the only man. But ultimately, God sent us very quickly Jody. I don't know if you've ever seen Jody working his magic on all the, the instruments over here, and he also plays the kit. But this is something God had to, to fix in me and show me, that I had attached on an unhealthy measure of identity to being a musician, to being a drummer, because I needed people to see that, because that was my validity. That was the thing that people appreciated in me or valued in me. That's what I thought, okay? There was a day God convicted me of this, and I went to Jody at the time, and I apologized to him. And I said, I'm sorry, because I felt like I had to be the guy. I didn't make a way for you. And he graciously accepted my apology and that next week began playing regularly on the kit, which opened up a door for him, which also opened up another door for the guy you saw playing this morning, David, which opened up another door when Drew came in and started playing for students and he plays on the weekends now. Here's my point. I want you to really see this. When you are not walking in your purpose, you are taking space from someone else. Because in this progression of life, guys, we have lots of purposes. We have lots of gifts. And here's one of my burdens for all of you today that was very real in my life. Some of you have a death grip on a season of your life, and you are not letting it go because you are getting your identity from it. And God's saying, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. If you'll just let go, I've got more for you. But you got to let go. Because here's what happened in my life. When I did that, and I, and I refused at, from that moment forward to let that be my identity in some unhealthy way, what happened, do you think? All of a sudden, within, I think it was a year, maybe two, the elders approached me about being a pastor. And again, initially, if you've heard Elaine and I's story, you know, we, we weren't real excited about that. But, but here's what happened. And here's a key to life, and I'll share this little nugget. Anybody want a key to hear the voice of God? Anybody in this room want to know how to hear the voice of God? Better hear him. Okay, pre-say yes. Pre-say yes. What do I mean? That kid back there said no a lot. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be no pastor because I ain't get up on a platform talking to people. <laughs> right? How many of you have said no a lot? We all have. Here's what, here's what happens when you decide to say yes. What I, what I told God by virtue of my obedience and, and apologizing to my friend and making a place for him is I said, God looked at me and said, he's ready. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, there was an opportunity. And my wife and I, after much prayer and consternation, because <laughs> if you had heard our story, we had pre-decided when we got married, we're not going to work for a church, because we did that. We grew up in one. We'll help it. We'll serve it. We'll love it. We'll sing in it. We'll play in it. We'll, we'll turn slides on the pro presenter, whatever you need to do, but don't ask us to work for it. And because I said no, God couldn't speak there. When I said yes to whatever he wanted, all of a sudden there was a conversation about being a pastor. Well, where did that come from? Because I hadn't even thought about it. And by virtue of that obedience, God led me into one of the next purposes in my life. It's not the forever one. I don't know what all God's got planned for my future, but I don't care anymore. Because what I've already told him is yes. Whatever you want to do, yes. And what I'm telling you today in the life of this message and this whole topic is if you want to discover identity, purpose, calling, and gifting, you have to start with surrender. You got to be God's kid and say, I'm enough. I'm everything I need in him. Well, I don't know how to. I don't have this. I don't have this degree. I don't have it. Doesn't matter. Because he equips who he calls. And you've all heard that in church if you've been there for five minutes. He equips who, he, who he's called. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to know, like, looking ahead from that guy to this moment. He didn't have to know that one day he'd be able to do this in any measurable way. <laughs> Believe me when I tell you, every time I, I get asked to speak, I still have one of those moments like, yeah, God, you're good. Yeah, it's funny. But the difference now is I walk in surrender. And I walk with a yes. Because I want to be everything he's called me to be. And if tomorrow he changed my assignment to, and I've told Elena this because she has a gift of speaking. She has an anointing on her life. I've told her, if God puts you on the circuit traveling, I'll carry your bags. I'll book the hotels. I'll be on the front row clapping. If that is where he wants me, fine. I'm good with it. I say yes wherever he leads. And if we will all collectively get in that mentality of I'm not going to say no anymore, I'm going to say yes. And when he does tell us the next purpose, or release the next gift, say, I'm with you, Jesus. How? I don't know, but we'll figure it out together. Amen? Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror, the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Guys, don't stay stuck on glory level one. God's got glory to glory to glory to glory. What does that look like? I don't know. I don't know what my next one's supposed to be, but we're going to find out because I'm going to start with the yes because my identity is in him as a son. My purpose is just being obedient to do what he's asked me to do and knowing and having confidence that when he puts me into that purpose, he's going to give me the gifts to have it come to pass. Amen? Stand with me. Give Jesus some praise as you do so. And let me just say this kind of in, in closing, because this was a, I didn't say this in the first service, this is bonus content on the DVD, okay? I used to think that God needed to speak to me with this audible voice or with the handwriting on the wall or with 15 prophetic words. 
Can I tell you that that is not a sign of spiritual maturity? Mark had to learn that. It's listening to the still small voice. And it's just saying yes. And not asking 15 questions. Because we can ask questions too. Our questions delay. Okay? When God says go, yes sir. How? Doesn't matter. He'll help you figure it out on the way. Bow your heads with me, if you would. What we've been talking about in this series and what I've been laboring on today is just convincing you of first, your true identity. You're God's kid. You're complete. You're fully accepted, unconditionally loved, and divinely purposed to do some things that only you can do on this planet. I can't do them. None of our pastors can do them. None of our staff team. Nobody else on this planet but you. But you got to believe it. So we're going to stop listening to the voice of the enemy today because he's scared of you. We're going to put hell on its wheels, okay? We're going to push it back. So first thing I want to pray for is if any of you in this room, as I've been speaking today, have recognized that you have had your identity hooked into the wrong things, we're going to receive grace and we're going to reestablish the connection. Because when we get our identity right, it's like a divine network. All of a sudden, when that identity is connected, it downloads purpose, it downloads gifting, and puts it into action. So if that's you this morning and you could say, hey, pastor, I'm where you used to be, struggling, trying to figure out who I am. Nothing's working right. It's just because you don't have your identity seated with him. You don't have it firmly rooted as God is your father and you're just his kid. So let's fix that right now. If that's you and you want me to pray for you to reestablish that relationship or maybe establish it for the first time, just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gosh, lots of hands. Bless you guys. Amen. Anybody else? While I'm praying for these, I want our prayer team and anybody else, there's going to be a bigger response this morning than usual, so let's fill up the front with our prayer, prayer warriors right now. Pray a prayer something like this with me, guys. Those of you that just raised your hands, there were a lot of you. So you are not by yourself. This is, this is where the enemy likes to work because he can say, if you raise your hand, pastor's going to think this of you or pastor's going to think, no, he ain't because pastor's been there five minutes ago. <laughs> if that's you, even if you didn't raise your hand, I want you to pray a prayer or something like this. Jesus, I admit and come to you knowing I have tried to find my identity and stuff that doesn't come from you maybe even in good things, but they weren't you. And it's led me down the wrong path. There's confusion in my life. I'm listening to the wrong questions. I'm stuck. I'm crashing. I don't know which way to go. But today, I ask you to forgive me of my sin and my misplaced priorities. I ask you to come into my heart 
to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my very best friend. And I'll do my best from this day forward to stay rightly connected with you in my identity as your kid, as your son, as your daughter for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to close a little bit differently than usual, and this is kind of what it's going to look like. There are some of you that need prayer for lots of other things. Maybe you need prayer for healing in your body. Maybe you responded to this appeal just a moment ago, and maybe it's for something completely different than even what I talked about today. I want to have you start coming down now to pray with these. We usually pray after dismissal, but here's what I don't want. It's so easy when the Holy Spirit's doing one of these. Anybody ever get the sternum pop from the Holy Spirit? It's easy when everybody starts flooding that way just to slide in and flow right out. And I don't want you to miss the opportunity. So as I begin praying the dismissal prayer, you guys go ahead and come now. Like right now. As I'm talking in this very moment. Come down. Let us pray for your healing. Let us pray and agree with you over your identity. Because today... We're going to be doers of the word and not just hearers of it. And it takes a step of faith sometimes. And I'm not going to let you off the hook either. I can sweat it out. All right? So as I begin to pray in this moment, I want you to come down here for whatever the need is, and I want you to pray with one of these. Jesus, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to our hearts about our true identity in you. And Lord, we commit from this day forward to keep that priority first place in our life because we want to flow in all that you have for us. We pre-say yes to your giftings, to your purposes, to your callings. We pre-say yes and surrender every area of our life to you, Father, because we want to be everything that you called us to be. And I pray that you'd give them the strength, the boldness, and the tenacity to see it through. So I plead your blood over them. I pray against any influence or power of the enemy in this moment. I plead your blood over their minds, wills, and emotions that they would hear you, they'd respond to you and respond to your truth because you are a good, good father who loves your kids and loves our family. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. If you need prayer, continue to come down. If not, I'm going to release you to go. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, Exit gracefully, but also be careful over this holiday weekend because there are crazy people everywhere out there. Okay? We love you guys. Have a happy Labor Day. We'll see you next week.